Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo! <laughs> has finished her aggressive bath oh okay good 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 she doesn't look cleaner i gotta say <laughs> but i can't see the undercarriage so oh okay it could be that i just can't see she's like you didn't see what it was before <laughs> i you know what oh i have such a good segue <gasps> speaking of a weird undercarriage <laughs> perfection she does have yes. a weird one yeah. We're talking about aliens. <laughs> I was sitting here like, what could I do to get into aliens from this? <laughs> it's like, mm. amazing. You're welcome. I'm never thinking of transitions. They always like catch me by oh, surprise. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, we're talking about a movie. Yeah, I just have to like ease into it, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I'm wheezy, so I'm sorry. <sighs> it's, Such is life. It's because of all the cold. It's the cold. Yeah. I'll be okay. It's the cold. <laughs> Tis it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I'm so excited to talk about aliens. I, uh... Same. <laughs> it, I, at first, I was like... I, I clicked on the movie, and I went, oh, it's so long. Mm-hmm. But then as I was watching it, I was like, it doesn't feel long. It's great. Yes! It's so good. I, mm. I've i seen this twice now, and I didn't remember how I really felt about it the first time, but I know how I feel about it now, <laughs> and I was so excited to talk about I it. I had vague memories of thinking that I had seen it and being like, oh, yeah. I remember that and i was like you've never seen this like parts would happen and i'd go oh i'm i'm wrong but then i would be like oh i remember this now we'd be like you, you don't and i'd be like no i, I do because we watched it together and i was like yeah no and then he does this and then he wouldn't do it and i go mm. <laughs> oh turns out i was just picturing the first one <laughs> incredible yeah so like, that was wow, they really stayed true to the original. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's the original. <laughs> I don't know where I was. But it certainly wasn't in space with Scorny. It was somewhere else, apparently. Um, but I'm ready to give you some fun facts. Actually, hold oh. on. I do have to text my uncle back because he's doing my taxes. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Now that I've talked about my taxes, <laughs> do you want to hear some facts? I do. <clears throat> hold on. <laughs> Potential builds. Okay, now are you ready? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God, the cold. Okay. Let's see. I took a lot of notes, so I have to find it. Okay, so Aliens, the sequel mm. to Alien. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, because there's a little S. <laughs> um, uh-huh. <laughs> it was made in 1986. Oh. Written and directed by James Cameron. Yeah. He's done so many things, so I just wrote down, you know, the classics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Terminator, Terminator 2. He's also a National Geographic deep sea tourist, so he's made a few documentaries such as Ghosts of the Abyss and Aliens of the Deep, which oh. then obviously he made Titanic, Avatar, yeah. and True Lies. He likes the I, ocean. <laughs> I knew that he did Titanic. I knew it like, yeah. as like part of my being. I forgot that he was the same one that did Avatar. There was just like a total disconnect. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's funny that, like, he did Titanic because he was like, yeah, I went down in the Challenger and whatever and saw the fucking floor of the ocean and was like, not make a movie. 
<laughs> I don't know what came first, but I thought that was the hilarious. Chicken of the ocean. Yeah, chicken yeah. of the ocean. What? <laughs> Who knows? There's but no way. <laughs> he, that's he loves it. He loves the ocean. Um, so it was written and directed by him. <clears throat> okay. Cinematography. I must have known this name because it popped up, and I went, "Oh, Adrian Biddle," <laughs> and it turns out okay. I did. Um, cinematography was Adrian Biddle. Also did uh-huh. Thelma and Louise, The Butcher Boy, The Princess Bride, Willow, oh. Event Horizon, The Mummy, uh. and Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. <laughs> Dang. All bangers. So I, I think I knew it because when we did um, Event Horizon. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And I remember seeing the name and being excited. And I was like, ah, that would be why. Yeah. Did yeah, you know yeah. this was his first cinematography uh, credit? Wow, no. Yeah, it's wild, right? And then he Dang, went on to do okay. Thelma and Louise and he got nominated for an Oscar. He may have yeah. won. I think he was just nominated, though. Um, Dang. Absolutely wild. So, Adrian Biddle, a hero in my heart, apparently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, music was by James Horner. Horner. Good stuff. <laughs> also did Titanic, Aliens, obviously, mm. <laughs> Avatar, <laughs> Field of Dreams, Apollo 13, Braveheart, A Beautiful Mind, Willow, The Land Before Time, Aww. Jumanji, which I'm not worried about. <laughs> And no, not even worried. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 2000 version. Oh, okay. <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah. And are you ready for the budget? Yeah. Okay, so the budget was $18.5 million. Um, okay. And I think that wasn't including marketing. So, okay. yeah. And then do you know how much it made? Um, Let's say $100 million. <laughs> you're being nice you're being nice <laughs> my original guess is gonna be 50 million still being nice unfortunately oh man i am so I bad at this no but this 20 one million was su- that was super close okay i was so surprised because i also would have guessed like 50 or 60 even like 100 i would have been like yeah probably right yeah um turns out no it only made 18.3 what and i don't know if that's worldwide or not but that is Dang. what was listed so i was like ooh. Um, very surprising. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder if it, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I would How say How does it feel because, for them to be so wrong? And I don't know if it's because, like, a lot of the crew from the original were not doing this one, but I feel like people wouldn't have really known that. No. So why would they care? You know, like. Yeah, people tend, like, aren't usually, um, like, loyal to the cinematographer no. or, like, the set designer. Like, that's not... the same director and writer. So, like, I don't yeah. see... And I it had know. Sigourney Weaver. Exactly. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It was weird. And it, and it wanted... They wanted to have everybody back. It wasn't like they didn't want to come back. Like, what's his face? James Cameron's kind of a freak, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to talk about it. Oh. Oh, good. So this isn't what you're covering. It's what no. I'll cover then. Okay, nice. Um, so I'll give you my fun facts, but real quick, I do have to text my uncle back. He's strictly <gasps> on it about the More taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, taxes. Okay. I'm excited. Are you ready? I'm going to tell you all about James Cameron being a little bit of a freak. Please. Okay. I can't wait. I know so, nothing about this. I'm so excited because I wasn't sure if this is what you were going to cover or not. Um, so, like, people were excited to make... Obviously, Alien was a hit, so they were like, okay, well, like, Aliens too, let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. But then, for some reason, the production company was like, eh, I don't know. They couldn't get 20th Century Fox to do it. I, I don't I don't know why. So it was, like, put off for, like, a long time. 
Dang. And I, I wonder, they said that Alien actually had a financial loss, even though it earned over like $100 million. What? Yeah, they were convinced. They were like, it actually had loss. And everyone was like, mm, are you sure? Um. So yeah, I, I don't know about this whole thing, but they finally were like, okay, they'll pick it up. And they were, and James Cameron was like, I don't want a bunch of people who made Alien to come back because they're going to be too loyal to the first movie. So he wouldn't bring, like, the crew back, basically. He brought some. He brought a few people, not a lot. Um, H.R. Geiger wasn't back for the design, but that's because he was doing something else, and, like, contractually he couldn't help with aliens. So they would have maybe brought him back. I don't know. Um, But Cameron was like, no, we need new people. (laughs) Sure. Wild. Sure, Cameron. Whatever you want. It gets better. So they filmed in London, uh, like on a really big, um, like stage. Not what am I trying to think of? Um, set. Yeah, like a set. Um, principal photography began in 1985. 75-day schedule, 18.5 million dollar budget. Um, filming took place in Pinewood Studios uh, near London. So uh, because of like the super large sets and lower cost of filming in England, for some reason. But Hmm. filming was tumultuous as Cameron, a Canadian, was unfamiliar with British film industry traditions such as tea breaks. Oh, my God. Interrupted production for up to an hour each weekday. Incredible. Frustrated losing hours of filming every week. In his book, The Making of Aliens, J.W. Rinsler described Cameron as aggressive and certain of what he wanted, which risked the crew. Oh, my God. The situation was exacerbated by Cameron's hands-on approach, often modifying setups such as lighting himself to fit his vision without involving the unionized crew. Oh, no. So he's fucking around, is what we're yeah. saying, right? They were, And the crew was, like, super dismissive. They really didn't care. Uh, it got to the point where the cinematographer that was hired, Dick Bush, actually was insisting on lighting the alien hive brightly, which was counter to what Cameron wanted. Eventually, he just replaced him with Adrian Biddle. Yep. <laughs> he was like, yep. no. Whew. So, and then there wow. was an assistant director, Derek Cracknell, who also ignored Cameron's requests. He said Cameron mm. would ask him to set up a shot one way, and Cracknell would say, oh, no, 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 I know what you want. And then he'd do it wrong, and the whole huh. set would have to be broken down. So eventually no. they fired him. Oh my god. So there was that. Um and then here's a quote from Cameron. Uh, he said to the crew after the filming was done. He said, "This has been a long and difficult shoot, fraught by many problems, but the one thing that kept me going and through it all was the certain knowledge that one day I would drive out of the gate of Pinewood and never come back and that you sorry bastards would still be here." <laughs> Oh, my fucking God. I knew he was going to say some shady shit. He described most of the crew as lazy, insolent, and arrogant. Paxton called the crew's work impeccable, but their attitude more relaxed than the American crews to which he was accustomed. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. So that's so that's some fun facts about fucking Cameron wow. being a, kind of a freak, to be honest. Yeah. It. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had no idea. No, it was so, it just, I read that and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> this sound, I can, Avatar oh. makes more sense now. I don't know. <laughs> right? 
Um, also, another fun fact, Paxton was completely unaware that he would be involved in the knife trick scene until it was filmed. Henriksen <gasps> actually nicked Paxton's finger during the reshoot. Oh, my God. Yep. Whew. Sigourney Weaver also, they were asked to, like, improvise a little bit. Um, huh. Which Paxton was like, I don't want to. And he was yeah. like, he would ask, what's his face? Cameron all the time. Be like, is that okay? Can I say this? Apparently, oh. his one... Uh, his one improvised thing was game over man <laughs> which originated from paxton developing a backstory for hudson in which he was trained on simulators so cool. oh i like that and also yeah. um the the line get away from her you bitch wasn't necessarily improv but it had to be filmed in one take because of the scheduling like things and yeah. ripley was or not ripley weaver was like i ruined it it sounds terrible <gasps> it's so bad it was fine it was great amazing yeah, those are my fun facts i just i couldn't i couldn't get over That's how brilliant. fucking wild he was i love that oh my god <laughs> just made me laugh <laughs> there's a book that i have that it's called like real terror like r-e-e-l and oh. it's about like the production and filming of mm. like classic horror films yeah. and i did like i pulled my stack of books because I was like going through trying to find essays on aliens uh-huh. and I did not even open that one to look at production because I was so distracted. And now I'm like, it's, it probably had some cool stuff Right? In there. I'm like, I feel like it was wild. They had, like like I said, a new company that did like the special effects for the aliens and stuff. Um, but yeah. Oh, I forgot that I have to sum it up too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two moms go head to head in space. <laughs> I cannot think of a better way to summarize this film. Why would you, you don't need Two it. plus hours, that's all you need. I mean, they really do. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, okay, Rotten Tomatoes wasn't as um, concise, oh, but they did not, expand upon some other elements a little bit. this time. <laughs> no, certainly not pithy. Damn. Rotten Tomatoes says, <laughs> I don't know why. I like it. <laughs> Maybe because the actress that played Newt is American, but was apparently raised in the UK or like lived in the UK for a portion of time. And so every now and then she had like a little bit of an accent. Oh, yeah. I thought where I was, was like, that's like kind of British, huh? I thought she and was British. No, oh. American, but she was living in the UK at the time. Interesting. I thought she yeah. was just supposed to be British. Uh-oh. Yeah, that was Ooh. something that I found like at the last moment. So I didn't see it in a bunch of places. So but anyway. Okay. <laughs> Per Rotten Tomatoes, after floating in space for 57 years, Lieutenant Ripley's shuttle is found by a deep space salvage team. Upon arriving at LV-426, the Marines find only one survivor, a nine-year-old girl named Newt. But even these battle-hardened Marines, with all the latest weaponry, are no match for the hundreds of aliens that have invaded the colony. Gross. I love Gross. it. Gross. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gross, I love it. <laughs> I just think it's great that Newt survived by just like, oh, hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, stay here. Good for her. Good for her. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, oh, what do you think Nerdcarno okay. will be? I had a guess, but I feel like it's okay. not correct, but I'm going to guess it anyway. Okay. My guess was like mothers being portrayed in film or like motherhood in horror because there's a lot of movies with moms and yeah. like moms being scary or moms being tough because their kids are in a bad situation. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I was like motherhood in horror was my guess. I really considered that strongly. Ooh, okay. The reason why I didn't do it was because 
I was like, I would have to put so much effort into this. <laughs> and I was like, I want to go wild this time. Yeah. I was like, it'd be a lot. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. So, okay. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where in my notes I have my reveal of my topic, but we'll get there. Okay, okay, okay. okay. So I had to look back at my notes yeah. to see what I talked about for Alien. I honestly wasn't sure. I could not remember what I talked about. <laughs> and I remember wanting to talk about corporate malfeasance and capitalism, but oh, I couldn't yeah. remember if I actually did. Right. <laughs> Upon review, I did. Oh, okay. Uh, I discussed bodily autonomy and the devaluation of human lives under capitalism. Yeah. So I kept it pretty light, obviously. Yeah. Um, this is part of a larger film franchise, but I believe it was invoked in discussions of horror sequels. So I want to talk about the elements of a perfect sequel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I wasn't sure I hadn't covered this before, <laughs> so I did, like, keyword searches through all of my previous notes and couldn't find a place where I actually covered it for Nerd Corner. The only time I think we talked about, like, a sequel was, like, Scream 2. Yes. Yeah. And in Scream 2, Nerd Corner was about um, the cultural moment and, like, invocation yeah. of cultural things, like conservative uh i don't even remember what it was called but yeah um, like okay <laughs> i think i considered it for a previous nerd corner but then went with something else if i've already done this let's go round two round two <laughs> yeah uh so i wanted to see what other people had on the list of requirements for good sequels and there were several articles that really resonated with me one of which i've definitely read before which again made me question my sanity <laughs> but before we get to the general lists regarding sequels i want to repeat randy's wise words from Scream 2 yeah. regarding the rules for a horror sequel. So, quote, uh, number one, the body count is always bigger. Number two, the death scenes are always much more elaborate, carnage candy. And number three, never ever under any circumstances assume the killer is dead. I think we can confirm that the sequel follows the it most basic rules laid all. out. <laughs> yes. She can do anything. She can do anything. Uh, so we can continue with the more general, not genre-specific mm -hmm. rules. I know that typically it's like, okay, we go general, then we go genre-specific. But I wanted to start off saying, does this follow the horror rules? It does. Absolutely. So then we can talk about the other ones. So I'm going to go through a list of 10. It was one of my favorite mm -hmm. articles. And it's laid out as a series of 10 commandments. <laughs> so I'll just read them all out. And then yes. we can dig into how they do or do not apply. Yeah. And the first and maybe most important is, one, thou shall ensure that original warrants a sequel so i'm okay i really want to like stop and talk about them but, like no i'm talking about them later <laughs> <laughs> two thou shall not simply remake the original mm -hmm. three thou shall understand the audiences want something new but the same four thou shall not dismiss what the characters accomplished in the original mm -hmm. five thou shall take the original characters forward six thou shall remember the original characters are the franchise seven thou shall embrace the mythos created by the original Eight, thou shall not reinvent the wheel. Nine, thou shall know that the sequel is only as good as its villain. Mm -hmm. Ten, thou shall ask these key questions. A, what did they accomplish in the original or predecessor? B, what did they learn from that accomplishment? C, what conflicts can we throw them to challenge the skills or knowledge they had learned? And D, how will they deal with that challenge and conflict? And I personally feel that some of these could be combined into one rule. I might be yeah. splitting hairs. yeah. And I feel like 10 having four sub-questions, bending the rules. Four sub-questions is so funny. I kept being like, okay, 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 <laughs> and D. Yeah, so I'm not like a huge fan of 10 because I think that it just kind of like repackages other things. Yeah. But like just at first blush, what's your opinion of that list? Uh, I kept trying to like answer the questions for this movie Yeah. as I went and I was like, got it, got it. Yeah. And then some of them I was like, could combine, but sure, got it. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's a good list. 
Yeah. I feel like it has, okay. you know, I guess some good ones. So I had this list. I When I pulled it up, I was like, I've read this before. And as I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, man, the elements of a perfect sequel have to be this and this and this. And then I was like, I'm so original. I'm so insightful. And I was like, have I ever had an original thought in my head? I read this article before. So I don't know how much was my insight and how much was me just like remembering while watching this film some of the commandments. But whatever. It's fine. Uh, let's take a look at the very first one. Yeah. Thou shall ensure the original warrants a sequel. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this can have a lot of different readings. Mm-hmm. Like, is this just a cash grab or is there something worth exploring? Right. Are there actually loose story threads to tie it together? Or do you have to unwind parts of the tapestry to make a second work? Mm-hmm. Looking at you, Halloween 2. I was literally about to be like, Halloween 2. <sighs> right. Uh, and there are plenty of movies that could have just been a single film yeah. where there aren't huge lingering questions or unfinished business, but because they were lucrative, there were sequels. Right. And sometimes that goes well and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> and at least some of that relies on how robust the world building in the original was. Right. Like, was there enough depth to dive into yeah. or enough living characters to follow on another journey? <laughs> right. And because this is horror, there are also the scenarios where there are lingering questions on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's left up to the imagination for the dread, the scares, the right. lingering tension. So, again, to me, <laughs> Halloween's ending elevated the mythos. Halloween 2 undid a fair portion of the work of the original Wild. by saying, yeah, that's just me. That's just my opinion on it. I don't like Halloween 2. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, it had to undo a lot of the lingering questions to try to introduce new ones. Like... There are bad sequels that don't do anything except just be bad. And then there are sequels yeah. that just uh, ruin a first one. And I'm like, you yeah. got to be pretty bad to fuck up uh, the movie before you. Because, like, yeah. Descent 2, horrible, hot garbage film. Oh. But it has, like, nothing, so little no. to do with the first one that I'm like, yeah, who cares? Literally, I've emotionally cares? separated it entirely like the descent 2 is not a sequel they mean nothing it's to just each other. another movie no but halloween 2 was like remember all that stuff you heard in the first one no you didn't <laughs> like you can't do that <laughs> makes me so mad so mad two and three commandments two and three are the two that i think could really be combined mm-hmm. so thou shalt not simply remake the original and thou shalt understand the audiences want something new but the same those are the ones i was like and just combine them <laughs> yeah just combine them <laughs> it's like- uh the core of these is the audience resonated with the original for some reason, but when you keep reusing the same plot points, it gets stale and makes the original right. lose its shine. So you need to find what the audience has loved and build on it instead of just repackaging it. And this article used the Rocky films as an example. Mm. I don't know if this will be helpful to you. I have seen the first Rocky film and none of the others. I've seen zero, so this is going to be great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> woo! So, woo, we're on a ride. Maybe uh, someone out there will be like, oh, I understand now. You'll get it. Someone. Um, yeah. It's for someone. Yeah. Not me. Uh, so, direct quote. Why do we watch Rocky movies? Well, we want to see Rocky as an underdog win the big fight. It's no fun seeing him at the top of his game beating some schmuck. It's rather simple. You take the core of the original's concept, underdog boxer, characters, Rocky, Adrian, Polly, and Apollo, Polly and Apollo, come on, okay. And story, the struggle to win a seemingly unwinnable fight, and you give those elements new themes to tack onto that core. In the second film, it was about Rocky overcoming fame slash infamy and actually winning the fight. In the third film, it was about succumbing to false success, getting soft, getting beaten, and making a comeback. They go on, and I'm like, enough. I don't know these movies. Uh, (laughs) So give the audiences the familiar aspects of what they remember, and then take the core of those very things and add additional mass to them with the likes of more extensive conflict, new character arts, etc. Yeah. 
So that's how they describe it with Rocky. Uh, so how does aliens measure up? They give us Ripley, which mm-hmm. we obviously craved. Who doesn't? Uh, they give us humans versus aliens, human versus synthetics, humans versus humans. At least three different conflicts yeah. that mark the original are here too, but it was flipped or built on. So Ripley now no longer trusts synthetics because yeah. of her history with Ash. And that sets the foundation for some of her character pro- progression. But there's the added dimension of power differentials due to military rank and money and all of that. Right. Um, and so I think that this really does take like the core aspects of saying like there are several different modes of conflict. There is the space. There is the alien. That's what the people want. And then also yeah. added to it. The next one is very important to me personally. And you touched on this earlier. And it's thou shall not dismiss with the characters accomplished in the original. And if anyone else has read Ender's Game, adored it, and then read Ender's Shadow and felt despair and could never again read Ender's Game, we are the same. For anyone that hasn't read it, I'm about to spoil some things from these two books, but I don't feel bad because Orson Scott Card has absolutely dog shit political views, and I don't advocate financially supporting homophobes. Ruin his life. Ruin his life. Yeah. (laughs) So the first book, Ender's Game, very condensed summary. Mm Uh, follows a brilliant child through a space military school for children and is fraught with tension and challenges, but he succeeds against all odds by Ooh. outsmarting and outplaying everyone. He also does a genocide. Well, um, He doesn't know he was doing a genocide. He thought he was playing a simulation game. They oh, trick him. Oh, I do know that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not ready, so, but I know that. Yeah. In this book, there's a side character, Bean. In Ender's Shadow, we follow the story of Ender's game from Bean's perspective. Okay. And you see that Bean is arguably smarter, more tactical, more everything. So some of what we thought was Ender's brilliance was actually Bean's, like, doing things in the background. So his machinations let Ender succeed. (laughs) Instantly ruins the sense of accomplishment that you may have felt with Ender in the first book. So when you're reading the first book again, you're like, this is so embarrassing. He doesn't realize that Bean really outsmarted him in this moment and that he's a fool to everyone right now. And it is so awful. And I was talking to my partner about this because I was like, it's kind of like Ender's Shadow. And he's like, oh, that ruined the first book for me. And I was like, thank you. Why would you do that? Like, if you had a character that everyone was, like, obsessed with and then you were like, actually, that character's dog shit. <laughs> like, why would you do that? I'm like, it, to me, breaks, like, this <laughs> fundamental rule. And it's just, like, I feel like it was supposed to give more depth to Ender, but to me it just made it impossible to reread that. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so if anyone else was also pissed about that, you can talk to me. I agree. That's (laughs) really interesting. In a bad way. (laughs) Oh, Noodle did a cute... Oh, Noodle. What's he doing? He's he's like in his little chair sleeping, but he keeps going and like like snacking. Oh, he's He's having a time over there being so cute right now. I need to send you a picture of Goose, and she was sitting on my charging cord, so it looked like she was charging. <laughs> she and is. It was very cute. She's got charged up. <laughs> and she's also in, like, <gasps> near-perfect loaf formation in this moment and looking directly at oh, me, so I'm sending it to you now. <laughs> I love her so much. So cute, even though he's just the worst sometimes. Look at her. She's charging. <laughs> she's charging. <laughs> oh, my God. She's like, she what? Baby. I'm charging. <laughs> Don't interrupt me. <laughs> her eyes are just so big. Oh, she's just love so my cat. cute. Love her. Okay, sorry. I had a little cat no. break. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't need I a cat break? It. So 
going back to Ender's Game, Ender's yes. Shadow, and then specifically Aliens, uh, it might be tempting to take a te- to take a sequel. Yes. <laughs> Uh, to take a sequel and say, so it totally looked like the characters triumphed in the previous film, but mm-hmm. wouldn't you know they actually didn't accomplish many, anything, i.e. they were wrong about crucial elements, or it becomes unbelievable that they actually struggled with the conflicts in the previous film. Yeah, Aliens does not fall prey to this, and I love that for us. And there are more xenomorphs in this one, but at no point do you feel that Ripley's experiences from the previous film are minimized. Oh, no. The conditions are just different. Yeah. So it elevates the risk and it ups the stakes, but it doesn't diminish what she accomplished. Yeah, I like it a lot. And that is, like, so important for me. <laughs> yeah, you, like, learn more about the Xenomars, but, like, not anything that changes how they were in the first one. There's just more no. now, and they act different when they're, like, with their pat. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I just thought it was great. I was like, oh, I don't know. I love it. I can't wait. Because before it was a lone Xenomorph, and now it's like, okay, so they're actually taking over this, like colony and the queen is there so there are a lot of different things happening and you're not now like wow and we thought it was so cool that she took out one you're like god damn she had like nothing she was on basically like a freight i oh my god yeah because then now they're in their own kind of habitat too because they've taken over and like the walls have their like camouflage and like it's like she's fighting on their own turf it's terrifying yeah and that actually comes up in the tropes later. Oh, just love it. I'm trying to remind me to circle back to that. I'm trying to remind <laughs> me it won't work. But whatever. Uh, so next one. Yeah. Thou shall take the original characters forward. And this yep. is more than just like cast the same cast. <laughs> Check. Right. It's about actually giving them character arcs. Yeah. At, like you need to take them forward mm-hmm. like story progression wise. Yeah. Ripley struggles with PTSD. She makes new relationships with other people. She overcomes her distrust of synthetics. Mm-hmm. She keeps growing as a human. And I think that is so important because I mean you can get into who you think the primary character mm-hmm. of like a franchise is. Like yeah. is it the final girl or is it the monster? And it also depends how long the final girl lives. I think into that too. I think they also had to maybe it was either cut for time or cut for something else. But there was a scene where she realizes that her actual daughter is dead. Yeah, yeah. And I like that would have added to it even more. Yes, um, but yeah, I think they. I can't remember if it was just for time or not. Yeah. But yeah, which would make sense because it was a hefty movie. Yeah, they wanted Doesn't him to feel cut like it. it. They wanted it below two hours. Oh. Um, and he said no. He was like, yeah. absolutely not. They were like, you got to keep cutting stuff, and he was like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Okay. Uh, I have, like, a weird feeling around deleted scenes because I know yeah. that it's, like, canon to the director, but it's not canon to the audiences. Right. And it, I don't know. Ever since we talked uh, about uh, Eon Flux, I'm very, like, oh. don't cut, like, they cut yeah. stuff out and make movies unwatchable sometimes. And it's, like, yeah, and then it blames the director forever, kind of, you know? God, not yeah. always, but yeah, sometimes. And that sucks. Ugh. I need to watch the outtakes. Not the yeah. outtakes, but like the cuts. That's scenes. why they said he didn't cut anymore. Because he was like, well, if you cut more, it'll just be nonsense. He's like, you won't understand yeah. anything that's happening. And so no. they were like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, so this next one can be variable. Mm. And that's kind of what I started touching on previously because I got ahead of myself. Um, Thou shall remember the original characters are the franchise. Uh And I feel like there's an important distinction between anthology series and like actual sequels. Mm -hmm. So like, is this just in the same world or is it following the same core group? And in some slasher franchises, the final girl dies a few movies in. In those cases, it might be that the villain is the franchise, not the survivors. And I am not well-versed on long-running horror franchises or filmic universes. Right. I almost never watch past the second. 
um, because I tire of it. Because yeah. like usually I don't like sequels that much because I don't think they're don't usually very good. Usually, either. and so it's like, what is my motivation for watching another one if I think that it will diminish my experience of the first one? Exactly. So. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to change that, but like as it stands, I'm not very familiar with the latter entries in Scream, Halloween, Friday the 13th, right. Alien. <laughs> I've now seen Alien, Aliens, and per- Alien Prometheus. Was Prometheus That's before it. or after? Did we talk about that? I, I couldn't remember if it was before or not. Elle Marie has a much better understanding of the timeline I know. I need to I ask her. <laughs> I asked her and she was like, I don't remember. And I was like, girl, you're the only one I have for this. <laughs> I was like, I need Maybe. you. Maybe for PowerPoint night, yeah. I'll watch all of them and then I'll give like a timeline. And we need it. Them. I was like, either that yeah. or I'm going to pop it in the Discord and be like, someone help me. I don't Ooh. remember. This so. makes me want a whiteboard or like a sticky wall so I, I can like, like put something on. Behind me, it's just notes. Yeah. <laughs> Red string. I need it. <sighs> uh, moving on to the next one. Thou shall embrace the mythos created by the original. What does that mean? Honestly, I'm a little murky on how the author defines it. (laughs) Uh, They point out iconic items or elements that are connected to the main character. Like Indiana Jones has his hat and whip. Mm -hmm. Han Solo has the Millennium Falcon. John McClane has his yippee-ki-yay motherfucker line. Martin Riggs (laughs) has his rage, apparently. Yeah. They just said Riggs has his rage and had a picture. And I was like, I don't know who that man is. So I Googled Riggs movie cast. And I was just like, maybe by doing that, I'll find out character named Riggs because clearly they think that. Because I was like, Riggs and Rage doesn't. Okay, so I looked it up and I think he's from like Lethal Weapon or something. Makes sense. I don't know. (laughs) I haven't seen it. Uh, So according to the author, quote, embrace the mythos created before. Those character cues, an attitude, a history, a scar, a line. So I'm like interested in your thoughts on this, like Mm -hmm. on everything. But like, what would you say are critical elements for the alien franchise like what do you need to see or hear in order to be like this is part of alien like this is what makes it i see it i don't know if there's like lines that need to be in it though yeah like i can't really picture any other than like i feel like it needs to have sigourney weaver yeah, like, I think it needs to have a flamethrower. That is yeah, the closest right? I get to anything. I feel like I feel like if it doesn't have the little mouth, bleh, like mm, shooting out. The telescoping. Yeah. The telescoping, like I, telescoping I, mouth. I need that little little telescoping little mouth. Um, yeah. But we watched. Well, that's the thing, though. I watched like Prometheus was supposed to be part of the alien universe, but I watched it was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the experience of the entire movie was, huh? Yeah. Huh? I guess I, like. <laughs> I, I mean this in a nice way, but like yeah. I feel like Alien is so simple. Like it is, mm. it's it's like got lore and everything, but it's very cut and dry. Like we've experienced an alien. These are mm-hmm. who like people you can't trust. <laughs> Capitalism is bad. We're gonna kill the alien. I need yeah. to feel safe. I need to feel like I can sit on my couch and be like, uh-huh. I get it. Fucking Prometheus, I'm over here going, hold hold on, and I couldn't pause it, so I'm over here no. just going, I don't get it. I don't get it. Huh? And then they were like, aliens? It's actually God. And I was like, no, fuck you. It's not. Yeah. It did what it shouldn't do. It undid shit from... I'm yeah. not going to talk about Prometheus. <laughs> but I, it's got to be It's got to be simple. But it's simple and sweet. 
Yeah. Um, there was something you said that I'm still hung up on, and it was they experienced an alien. And I'm they like, have you alien. experienced an alien? <laughs> Do you day-to-day experience an alien? I couldn't think of, like, how else to say it. And I was like, you know, experience, experience it. Is they it good do. or bad? It's bad. But it could be but good. But it could be good. They don't know. That's the whole thing. I feel like they experience the alien. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, boy, I'd love to take this experience to Earth and really uh-huh. capitalize on it. And then the other people are like, I'd love the experience to end. So, <laughs> you know, it's like how people feel about roller coasters. <laughs> some people yeah. love it. Some people don't want to be on it. Some people die Some horrifically. People die horrifically. Some people are like, this is a moneymaker. Yeah. Sometimes they're flamethrowers. Sometimes they're flamethrowers. Just like roller coasters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, moving on past the mythos that I'm yeah. kind of like, whatever. Uh, the next one, thou shalt not reinvent the wheel, is mostly yeah. referring to changing the tone and genre so drastically that it becomes unrecognizable or disconnected from the original. Right. So it points out Gremlins 2. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me? Yeah. No, they're right. <laughs> they're right to say it. Because their like tone was like, okay, so Gremlins 1 was like, dark with some humor to like elevate certain moments yeah. and then gremlins 2 was a fever dream yeah that was like black comedy 100 percent. it was yeah um it's not right <laughs> it was not right <laughs> if that is on netflix i swear to god that's the next time i'll watch oh and i'll do it we'll it's check incredible <laughs> uh I've just seen the TikTok of someone pitching Gremlins 2 or like the, the team meeting. Have you seen the, the is that the Key and Peele sketch? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Why did I say it was a TikTok? I don't know. Why I was like, I they just have a TikTok fool. for it? No, I'm just <laughs> wrong. You want a googly eyed alien. It's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like a little sexy alien that's got a dress? It's in the movie. <laughs> it's incredible. I need to rewatch that. Like, not only because I want to see it, but also as atonement yeah. for mistaking it for a TikTok. Because I'm just like, something that I don't remember must have been a TikTok. It's so fucking funny. Okay. Good stuff. So, going back, Alien was sci-fi horror. Right. Aliens is like sci-fi action thriller uh-huh. with heavy horror elements. Mm-hmm. And that's not like a hard and fast classification, but just generally where people lump them in subgenres. Yeah. It's what Wikipedia said. Yeah. Uh, and to some, like, this may change... This- where is my sentence going? Where's okay. my mind? <laughs> uh, to some, this change may be unwelcome. I wasn't as enamored with it the first time I saw it, but mm-hmm. I appreciated it much more the second time. Yeah. And it didn't feel like this was this betrayal of the first film. It felt like it was like a necessary, not a necessary, but like a fitting growth yeah. or transition to like another subgenre. And I don't it, know. I liked it. And it didn't feel... Like, there was no reason to do it. Yeah. So, like, in the first one, we see the eggs, whatever. But it doesn't feel like a hook to get us Mm -mm. to, like, have a sequel. It just feels like a lucky thing that they're like, oh, you know what? We can make a sequel about the eggs. And I'm like, hell yeah, Yeah. you could. And I love that. Ugh. And then um, I'm skipping the 10th because whatever. Um, But 9, Thou Shall Know That a Sequel Is Only As Good As Its Villain. Mm -hmm. I keep waffling on this one. Because to me, Alien is as much about Ripley as it is the Xenomorph. But I also recognize that the primary antagonist drives the conflict and story progression and serves as a focus for the franchise. And I want to hear more opinions because, like... I find them both equally as important. 
Okay. Because, like, without the aliens, I feel like we wouldn't have Ripley as, like, a main character. Yeah. Because on the ship, in the first one, what is her rank? Lieutenant? Right. Something? Like, Lieutenant something? Yeah. But she's not, like, fully in charge, right? No. So, like... She's not. Had we had that whole trip without aliens, I feel like Ripley would be a character that we're like, she sure was on the ship, but because (laughs) the aliens kill everyone else... All of a sudden, we get to see that, like, Ripley is so fucking tough and cool. And yeah. then because of that, she is the main focus of the second one. So I feel like... Yeah. I feel like, yeah, the aliens are just as equally as important with Ripley. Because also, yeah. if we didn't have Ripley, then the aliens just would have killed everybody. And we would have been yeah. like, bye. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I think you're right that I Good think points. Ripley's just as important as the aliens. It's as much her story as it is theirs. Yeah. Like it's their story together. She experienced the alien, but they really experienced her. (laughs) Yeah, they did. So, you know, incredible. Yeah. Uh, And then I'm like, fuck the tenth one because I think it's kind of rehashing one, four, and five. Right. But putting like extra emphasis on character skills and challenges. Yeah. Um, There was another list that I will not delve nearly so deep into. Um. Um, I got, I got distracted. <laughs> so it has two that it added that, it, well, it had some others, but there were two that I liked. So mm-hmm. don't introduce underdeveloped new characters yeah. and raise the stakes. And I think that it's so, so hard to balance. Yeah. Like raising the stakes with making sure you don't undermine the original, because if you raise the stakes, it can make the previous film feel less impactful. But we right. talked about this. I don't think aliens did that. Like, no. I think that they raised the stakes while still maintaining the gravity of what was accomplished in the first one. Yeah. It felt like the stakes are the same. It's just that there's like more of them because there's so many more aliens. Like, it's the yeah. same villain, but now you just have to fight them all together instead of one on one. Exactly. And then um, the other one, like, there are some characters that don't get as much airtime, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel like it was just a bunch of new people thrown, no. like, thrown in and then put through a meat grinder. Like, the mix of characters made sense to me. Yeah. And so, like, I think that it followed, like, the correct path of, like, yeah. bring in new people, but don't fuck it up. It didn't feel like we were also supposed to be, like, in love with them and make them then like yeah. another movie about them. Like they felt like mm-hmm. characters that were there to help drive the story without being about them. And I was like, it was fine. But also they didn't yeah. like give us too little about them either. Yeah. I feel like I understood so, them. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> then kind of moving into like what my list for a perfect sequel is, is like there's increased competence of the main characters. There's reckoning with the events, the events mm-hmm. of the original. Um, you can't diminish the work or, like, make the original scene moot or, like, of less gravitas. Like, Mm -hmm. you basically have to raise the stakes without belittling the accomplishments of the previous one. And you need at least some of the cast returning. Yeah. So, like, those are my, like, bare minimums. Like, what would your list be for, like, what a sequel needs to be good? I feel like it can't ruin the first one, obviously. Um, It needs, like, it needs to take good things from the first without doing it the exact same and make you feel like Mm -hmm. you're watching the same movie over and over again um but it's like they said but it also has to like be what you loved about it so yeah it's like a continuation but like a justified continuation Mm -hmm. i don't like it when sequels are either there's like a hook at the end that's just so like it didn't have to be there kind of thing yeah 
Whereas this one felt like this could be a sequel or this could just be one of those things that horror movies do where they're like, oh, man, that alien was scary. Now look at all these eggs. That's the yeah. end. So I don't know. A little subtle. I need a subtle nod yeah. to a sequel instead of like, yeah. a, there's a sequel. Because then I'm like, OK, what was what, what was what, what was the movie we watched where we hated it? But then there was, of course, like a really big plot point at the end that we weren't going to learn unless we saw the next one. And we were like, fuck that. That oh. sucks. Like. What was that? I don't. It was something we watched for this. But like, you can't just give me lore and then yeah. not give me the answer because you're like, well, there's another one. I'm like, no, no, no. You can't just force me into your sequel. I'll yeah. see it if I want to see it. And that's what I feel like these ones do. I feel was like it one of it, you go. I felt like it was not insidious or was it insidious? I was about to ask. I was going to ask if it was insidious because like there's so much insidious. like, yeah, because oh. they do that. They like pump in the lore and then they're like, oh, you actually don't understand this until like four movies in. And I'm like, then why? Then why would I do it? I'm going to go back yeah. and look because I remember watching it and being like, you can't do that. That's bullshit. Um, yeah. But these movies feel like I could watch Aliens without having seen Alien and I would still understand what was happening. Mm just enough that like i would still have a great time yeah there's not like an intense amount of lore dumping it's just kind of like if you get it you get it and if you don't you'll still have fun yeah that yeah. was another one that like i don't actually remember where i put it in my notes maybe i'll come across it later yeah. but like a sequel should reward your loyalty yeah where it's like you came back good job here's something that you craved from the original right and it also, like, takes you new places. So it doesn't coddle you, but it does reward you. Yeah. And it, it feels like some are trying to, like, bait you into watching more instead of rewarding you yes. for what you are watching. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> I feel like a, a, a sequel has to be standalone, like, a standalone movie on its own. Like, it needs to be good and mm -hmm. fun to watch, whether you've seen the first one or not. But like you said, if you have seen the first one, it should be, like, a reward. Like, yeah. there's more that you'll understand. But if you haven't, it's going to be okay like yeah you know i especially feel like when you're looking at longer series there can't be filler yeah movies it can't be like this is just the bridge between the second and the fourth and it's like no you make the third movie mean something like why would you have a filler movie that's why i think it's so interesting that people don't like maybe it's just us but uh, i feel like halloween 2 is not that popular but people love halloween 3 because it's just a completely different fucking movie like I feel like it doesn't follow any of the same stuff where people are like, oh, it's so cool. And I'm like, that's because it's just like a different movie. Yeah. So the like, original, I don't know. It's like they did well on accident. I, I don't. Yeah. The original plan for the Halloween franchise was to be an anthology series yeah. of like different things that happen on Halloween. It wasn't supposed to be Michael Myers. And then it became Michael and Myers. that would have been way more interesting. But yeah, I, whatever. Interesting. Ugh. So that's my nerd corner. I wanted to dig into like what we love and hate about yeah. sequels. And I think it can really, I don't want to be like, oh, the human condition, but I'm right. going to be like that because that's who I am as a person. Um, where I think it can like really say a lot when like we crave that character arc, when we mm -hmm. want to have like our nostalgia treated, but then also like experience something new. I don't yeah. know. I, I usually don't like sequels just yeah. overall because I feel like, it's a really tricky tightrope, but I fucking love Aliens, yeah. and I think it is an excellent sequel. I just think it's a standalone good movie. Yeah. Like, I, I just think it's really good. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and I also just am very iffy on sequels because I feel like it's either going to be something so different that you're like, why am I watching this? Or it's going to feel like the same movie and you're like, I've seen it. Yeah. I don't need to see it again. That's how it feels with the Paranormal Activity movies. You see the first one and you think, really cool. Mm -hmm. Second one, also really good, I think, because you're getting lore that you didn't understand. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Stop. Like, stop. We got the lore that we needed. You answered our questions. I think we're done. And they were like, how about eight more? And we were like, stop. Stop. So that's, yeah, my thoughts on sequels. Thank you. Thank you for taking this journey with me. You're so welcome. (laughs) And all right. And now it's time for horror, which actually, this is one of the perfect, this is one of the most perfect nerd corners we've had to segue into like horror because I feel like we talked about all the things we liked about it so much already. (laughs) So I'm like, we kind of already did, but I said, and here's where I think that this makes a great sequel is because one of my first things I wrote was I forget everything that happened in the first movie. And then Mm -hmm. by like my third note, I was like, no, I got it. Yeah. Because I was like, they give you just enough info without babying you that I was like, thank you. I had forgotten Uh that. We're good now. Like Jonesy was such a good quick, oh, the cat survived. Like, oh, these things, you know? Yeah. I also wrote, yay space. Apparently I'm pumped to be in space. I don't know. Um, And I said, these movies look so good. These movies look Mm -hmm. so good. And it's from 1986. Yeah. A lot of it was like miniatures. And so a lot of it is like practical effects mixed with, you know, like miniatures and mixed with um, a little bit of like those, not practical. What's the word I'm looking for? CGI. Maybe CGI. Um, Maybe not CGI, but just (sighs) computer. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Because I certainly don't. People start using CGI. It it was in the 80s, right? Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, CGI. In my head, I was like, Kate, CGI doesn't exist. And I was like, Nikki, it does. It does, though. Um, CGI in film. I spelled film with an E at the end. Film. 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 (laughs) Um, Vertigo. Oh, oh, sick. That's awesome. Yeah. The hist, uh, the first feature film to use CGI as well as the composition of live action film with CGI was Vertigo, which used it in the opening credits. That's so um, neat. The first feature film to make use of CGI with live action in the storyline of the film was the 1973 film Westworld. Whoa, this is so cool. I'm learning yeah. so much. It's way earlier than I thought. Um, I just learned things. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I think mixed CGI, practical effects, and I know miniatures kind of falls into practical effects, but I kind of think of it its own thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a mix of that, and I think that's what makes it so cool and good is like, I don't know, they mix it w- so well. I don't know. Yeah. Um. They also just, the lights in this are so cool. And we talked mm. about this in the first one where like the lighting felt really good. Maybe a little unnatural, but, like, we're in space and it's not something yeah. we're used to. So what do we know about, like, yeah. a natural light on a spaceship, you know? So I feel like this is a really cool opportunity to create what is natural. And I'm like... Yeah. And it was believable. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, that's probably what it looks like. I don't know. Because they had the smoke effect with, like, the blue laser going through and scanning, yeah. like, making a map, you know? Oh, those swirlies in the air, oh. I was enamored with them. It was gorgeous. It added this level of, like, this place is abandoned, right? Because, like, you yeah. know that all the air on there is artificial. You know that it's, like, collecting dust and whatever else. Like, you don't know because you're not on the fucking ship. But I, I, I didn't know how to write it other than it had a level of abandonedness. Like, I was, like, mm. it just made it for, feel even more abandoned. Yeah. Um, 
And then the guy who played the the bad guy who ended up being like the capitalist asshole. Burke. Burke. I said, I swear to God, this guy is in every 80s movie. Every 80s yeah. movie I picture, I'm like, that guy? But I can't picture his name. I have no idea. Right? I'm like, I don't know. Um, but he's always great. He's always either a villain or a good guy, but I never know which. So good yeah. for him. Yeah. And I said, oh, she overslept. 57 years <laughs> worth of beauty sleep and she looks amazing. Of course. She didn't need it, but she looks great. She came out looking fresh to death. Love that for her. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this was another moment that I thought was really cool for uh, giving us lore back to the first one. Because I was like, heart attack or alien? When she's scared. Um, yeah. And I said, probably a dream. And then because it's a dream, I was like, oh, cool. But it was believable that it could have been a heart attack. Because I'm like, they just told her she's been asleep for 57 years. Yeah. But then, of course, it's a dream about the heart bur- the chest burster. And I was like, oh, right. Yeah, of course she's got PTSD from that. That was fucked up. Mm-hmm. So it's like reminding us of these things while still building on what she is like now, 57 years later. And I was like, fuck you, aliens. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Um, I also got mad at these business nerds when she's in the meeting telling them <sighs> what happened to her. And they're like, um, I doubt that happened. And they're like, and I wrote, stuck up business nerds wouldn't know an alien if it pissed in their briefcase. And I was so <laughs> pissed off. I was like, an alien could walk in and eat one of them. And they'd be like, um, but the money. Like, <laughs> I just, mm-hmm. I-, I loved it though. It was great. It really I, like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I would cut across you. No, I just think it drove home like Burke's whole thing. Like that whole fake we'll do anything to help you, Ripley. We're here for you. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're here for the fucking specimens and the money and the ship. And mm-hmm. But he was that fake nice. And I was like, ah, this business meeting really helped us, like, understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, My note about them. You had the pissing in the briefcase moment. Yeah. I kept it sweet and simple. It's like, she tries to get them to take her seriously, but they're corporate men. Yeah. You don't need anything more than that. They're corporate men. They're like, they're men. not going to believe a woman. They were like, okay. They don't give a shit. Um, but I did like your pissing in the briefcase. That was... They could um, walk right in and piss, and they'd be like, on to business. Um, <laughs> also, the pod sleep looked so refreshing. They're getting yeah. their pods, and I was like, put me in one of those. I need it. Yeah. Whew. Uh, the knife game is great. Um, I think it's such a cool moment, because we know that she doesn't trust synthetics, and like it one we don't know he's a synthetic yet um Mm. but the the way he does it so quick you're like all right so that man's not human obviously um and it's such a cool way for her to find out and to have him do something that seems so malicious when really it's just like they're probably all friends and they like have gotten to know each other so for them they're like ah it's classic him you know and i was like oh that's such a cool moment um and again gave us that sweet lore without holding our little baby hands yeah <laughs> thank you so much aliens <laughs> <laughs> picturing the little tiny hands little just tiny like <laughs> <laughs> my tiny baby and i was like yay yay um i said bishop has to be an android right duh he was um mm, i have issues with vasquez <laughs> so i did not know until i was looking at tropes it is not a like Latin nope. woman. It is a Jewish woman in brown face. Yes, um, and I'm like <sighs> upsetting, right? Yeah, yeah. So I have issues with Vasquez. <laughs> um, yeah, not only is it brown face, but like in order for her to like get her accent, she's like, I watched gang interviews. What? Yeah, 
<laughs> she Damn. was like, that's how I got my like accent for the movie. And I was like, okay. Why don't you tell a novella? <laughs> Literally any. Okay. Uh, so it was just interesting that I was like, yeah. so that's your, your weird stereotype of like Hispanic women and Latin women? Okay. They dyed her hair and mm-hmm. put her in brown face. Yeah. And I'm, oh, that makes me mad. And then she worked out like a whole shit ton. She gained 30 pounds of muscle. So Vasquez, that's, I'm going to breeze on past that. Yeah. Um, not breeze past it, but you know what I mean. I'm like, it's shitty. Yeah. She was also just an annoying character to me. Um, mm. I Not in like any way other than just like, I don't know. It felt like this weird stereotype of like, we have the one tough woman. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, it felt uh, like they were trying to give us like another tough, like, them presenting character but like in a i don't know i don't know how to explain it just felt you no know, like i get it force fed yeah. like it didn't feel like yeah. i got to know her but not in like a i don't know and also it was brown face so i kind of just had bad vibes the whole time i was like yeah it felt very stereotypical of like yeah. what white people think like hispanic people are so i think i was just kind of like i don't know grossed out the whole time yeah, no, I feel that. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I'm not crazy. I was like, I no. don't like her. I couldn't put my... I know why now. Uh, also, yeah. the way that the man chewed on his cigar also grossed me out. Ugh. Like, not to drastically change the subject, but I was like, is he eating it? <laughs> I was like, That's one of the tropes, is like cigar chomper or something. <laughs> and I was like, like sir, just, just smoke it. <laughs> I'm just picturing like mouthful of leaves you know like Like, crumpled ground i understand that when you smoke a cigar like they have like a flavor within like the wrap like i understand i get it yeah sometimes you give it a little small chomp but he was just (laughs) i was like sir so i'm just like super sensitive to mouth sounds so (laughs) um and then i was reminded how well these movies use silence it's it's incredible every Mm. time they would be outside the ship showing it fly it felt like I was in space because it was just silent. There was nothing happening except the sound of, like, the whooshing of, like, the ship. Um, so that was fun. Yeah. Uh, the lighting is good. Obviously, we already talked about it. The blue and green kind of tints to it. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just gorgeous. There was a moment with the lighting earlier uh-huh. that I do this every single movie where it's like, I will notice <laughs> colors. And I do for five minutes. And then yeah. I stop noticing color or light. But uh, in the very first scene where it's like the ship is cold and like she's yeah. still in her cryopod, whatever, um, I was like, that cold glitter is absolutely gorgeous. Oh. And I was like, this is the frost of a killer Bella. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, sick. They got that twilight glow on her. Yeah. Oh, my God. But- they have, like, the piece of the ship being disturbed by the cutting of the metal door, and uh-huh. it's, like, this bright orange yes. light cutting the blue it's... and the cold, and just, it's this sudden heat, like, just absolutely cutting short all of that, like, peace and stillness. Yeah, and it's, it's so good. After that, I certainly did not notice color again. No, and, and, like, it stays very blue and green, and then has those pops of, like, the red with the fire. And then the only Ooh. time, like, the lighting itself gets super red, I think, is near the end, where it's, like, everything uh-huh. has come to this moment, and she's trying to get out while it's going to, uh, is it self-destruct, or is it's it... It's, like, going critical or something? Something like that. The lights yeah. are, like, blinking red, and it's very much, like, this is endgame now. Like, this is, like, the fire is is the whole thing now. Like, it's yeah. been the pops of color, and now it's just the whole thing. Yeah. And I'm, like, 
she's got to go. Like, <laughs> it was very, like, pushing us forward and being like, get out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I don't know. I was like, that's so cool. Uh, Newt was adorable. Newt was such a good character. Yeah. Talked very little, but had these little sarcastic, like, thumbs up and, like, the salute. Yeah. And I thought she was when- just a cutie. When Hicks pops her up on the table so she can see yeah. with the adults, I'm just like, ah! So cute. I think that's great that at first they treat her like a little kid that they need to save. Love it. Then I think slowly they realize that, like, Newt is this one person who knows this shit better than anybody. So they're like, fuck it, let her see the plans. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's the only one that knows. Yeah. I loved that. Uh, the way that they walk with those big guns. Yeah. <laughs> it always yeah. looked like they were about to dance. Uh huh. Because have you ever seen those like <laughs> dance things and like either like the twenties kind of things where they lean back really far and walk fast? Yeah, it felt like that. It felt like when that. I when I was watching that, I was like, "Why is Vasquez in the front with this ridiculous like mounted <laughs> gun situation?" And I was like, "Okay, well she's short, so she's easy to see over, yeah. and she's strong as shit, so she can actually hold this steady." Right. But I also thought that it was the silliest looking weapon that I had seen in a while. Like it didn't matter who was doing it. I was like, "You guys are all just like like this, huh? You're just walking with your little dance." I, I loved it. Uh, the alien baby was back briefly. Yes. Hello, my darling. Yeah. I lo- oh, we I love him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I thought the woman on the wall was really creepy. I loved that. The makeup was incredible. I was like, is this is this wall the birth woman? of Wall Woman? <laughs> there she is. There she is. Uh, I, thought, I thought she looked so cool. Because like, I did expect her eyes to open. Yeah. But I just didn't expect her to be so like, I don't know. She was like covered in that gross grime. and Yeah. It's like she looked alive, but absolutely not alive at the same time not well yeah i was where it's like this is something that life should not become yeah and that's where she's stuck and i think that's cool because then they they do say that at the end when she's like don't let me become that and he's like if it comes to that and i'm like all right we're all feeling it don't do that uh and the way the aliens blend in the wall fuck Mm. off that scared the shit out of me yeah hated it but loved it like i think that is some incredible set design yeah. Like, not only did it look abandoned, so it looked previously lived in. So hard mm-hmm. to do. But then yeah. it looked like it had actually been taken over by something that made a place that should be home to us, like, their home. So it had, like, pieces of both. It had, like, their yeah. environment mixed with an environment that we should know, but we don't, like, that humans should know, not me personally. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I was just like, oh, fuck. That's spooky as hell. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think the set design is just absolutely incredible. Apparently, the the set the set that had the eggs, mm. like all of them with the mom, and she, you know, at the very end, that just was in like an abandoned like building, whatever, and they just left it there, huh? And it was just there uh, until they filmed Batman there in the same building, and then they were like, "Clear out the eggs." <laughs> no eggs in Batman. No eggs in Batman. Oh, so you know, really missed out. But I just think yeah. it's funny that years later, if you had just been walking around, you could have been like, "Oh fuck, yeah. aliens!" <laughs> Man, I think that Batman really could have used some eggs in a flesh tube. Absolutely, you know? they missed out. Yeah. Uh, my favorite line in the entire movie is, "They can bill me." <laughs> yeah, I laughed really yeah. hard. They can bill me. <laughs> she was like, yep. "How dare you?" Um, and I said. My- I- 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, my favorite line is when um, she's like, you can't use like certain types of weaponry yeah. in here. And they're like, okay, no shots. And he's like, what the hell are we supposed to use? Harsh language. That was, like, so that was good. good. That was really good. <laughs> I liked that. Oh, God. And I, this is another note that goes back to the beginning, but I said, I don't know if it's the effects or what, but this movie has such a believable quality to it. Like, mm. it took so little for me to, sus- to, like, suspend my disbelief. They were like, so yeah. we're in space. And I went, yeah, you got it. Like, yeah, I, we absolutely are. I'm right there with you. They, Zero gravity, yeah. what? <laughs> Showed me a ship in space. And I went, that's real. Like, <laughs> I was like, I believe that if I turned on the news, it would be like, aliens. And I go, yes, absolutely. And then the, the eggs, and the alien, like, uh, there was no part of it that made me think, a little fake, but I like it. <laughs> I will say literally the only moment where I was oh, like, no. was when you're seeing space from the outside of the ship oh, and well. you see the ship like flying. And I was like, it reminded me of, you know, those like little storyboards in preschool yeah. where you have like the felt stick-ons and people on like popsicle sticks. To me, it looked like it was like a little felt stick-on. I can't like, that one moment. <laughs> I don't know. I was pretty deep in it. I think my disbelief was so gone. They could have shown me anything. And I would have been like, this is real life now. So you see the popsicle stick and you believe it. I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, I said Newt for president. Newt's incredible. Yeah. One other thing that I thought they did really well that's so minuscule. They didn't have to do it. But everyone was so sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, there, there was nobody that wasn't damp. Everybody Mm-mm. was so damp. The moisture level, the fog juice budget, again. Again. Fog yeah. juice and sweat. Like, it It yeah. looked like I, I don't know, the most humid place in space, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I straight up, straight up forgot about the android, apparently. I just, like, uh, yeah. forgot that he was there. And then they were like, hey, we need you to do this. And I was like, where you been? <laughs> where the hell you been? Uh, what did I? Oh, I said, yeah, Burke. Who's Burke? Burke is the corporate guy. Oh, why did I say yeah, Burke? It, there's a there's like one moment where he backs her up against Gorman because Gorman's like frozen and like refusing to do something, and Ripley's trying to like go against him. Oh, and that must have been my one moment for Burke. Yeah, because Burke like lets Ripley do the thing by like stopping Gorman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's not my scariest moment, but it almost was. <laughs> Mm. it's the android space when he's crawling <laughs> one it made me claustrophobic but also i was like he looks like a ghoul my note Woo. for that moment is bishop crawling with the best of them <laughs> because he Love was crawling him. so good <laughs> now this note requires me to tell you a small story from school so Please. we had this kid who made a shrek puppet okay that basically like its head was here and its little legs were here right picture that head legs we're giving a tour for new students and they come into the science room. And for some reason it was like five teachers in there. Cause we were all just chatting and this kid walks up and shows us this nightmare Shrek puppet. And we're like, dang, that's wild. New kid walks in getting a tour to see if they want to come to this school. And he goes, look at him. He scuttles good. And then he just <laughs> scuttles him across the table as fast <laughs> as he can. And we're dying. And the teacher's like, so this is the science class. And the science teacher is like trying to regain control of the situation. And he's like, look at him. And he's just scuttling. And so I was, and so one of the, one of the aliens did something and I went, oh, it scuttles good. 
And now we just say that. Whenever we yeah. see something, we'll be like, oh, dang it, Scuttle's good. Love and like that. that kid doesn't even think that that was so funny that it's like an inside joke. Like I'll say it and he'll be like, what? And I'm like, you don't huh? remember? Whatever. It was your iconic moment. But that alien Scuttle's good. Yeah. Um, I said kill the rich man. Of course, he's the villain. Duh. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, Newt went from screaming to murder in a second when they were locked in that room. And I mm-hmm. was like, hell yeah, girl. That was so yeah. fucking funny. She was like, oh, no. Oh, I'll kill it. Like, <laughs> it was so fast. She was like, uh-huh. Oh, God. And also, the lighting went from blue when they were investigating to red once everything goes to shit. I love that. The doll sinking slowly. Oh, no. It's just the head. Oh. That was fucking funny. Yeah. Um. Also, Elmery said, if there's anything you need to know about Ripley, she loves a countdown. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. The goo was very gross, but also kind of pretty. Oh, no. What's happening? I just heard a loud noise that was probably just the neighbors, like, dropping something. But I was like, what the fuck? Okay. Kate, I forgot that we're not in the same room. And I was like, let's go look. <laughs> um sorry back to you no you're right uh i said the size of everything compared to the characters it just adds to that cool effect of everything being so big i thought that was really great Mm -hmm. bishop's poor death poor bishop i think it's cool that they can get away with that kind of gore though because he's like milky instead of blood so of course the like goriest death is someone who doesn't have body parts so i'm like that's sick as hell i love that fight with the 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 robot was a little bit in slow motion but we love to see it (laughs) she just did a lot of shuffling really and i was like you could have maybe shuffled less it was a lot of shuffling and also a lot of like (laughs) hands closing in as slow as possible and the alien going all right (laughs) like (laughs) really just kind of accepted its fate and was like i'll stop moving (laughs) i guess i accept my fate then but you know listen who am i to tell ripley how to fight and those are my notes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, <sighs> going through mine. Let's see. Frost of a killer. Frost. Bring the cat or you're dead to me. Um, let's see. I mean, from early on, I mean, obviously I'd seen this before. And so I knew about Burke's like ultimate villainy. Right. So it wasn't me like catching things for the first time it was like i've seen this and it's like wow that's so slimy i knew uh he like shades labor that he sees is beneath him he ties her future to a dangerous task he's not listening to her when she says no like all the things like he does a lot of like minimizing Mm -hmm. and gaslighting throughout and even in the beginning he's like i mean i heard that you work as a cargo loader and he's like wow like you used to be something and it's like that is valid labor just like anyone else promise her her title back and well i was like you piece of shit yeah and then sucks to suck burke her labor has actually saved everyone because she knew how to drive one of those big thingy things one of the big thingy things she's class two certified yeah class two thingy thing certified (laughs) duh um let's see uh, and then I thought about like synthetics and like consciousness and personhood and rights. Mm-hmm. And then I thought about Murderbot, which is a novella series that I'm like just deeply obsessed with. Um, but then the, one of the, I, I think it's a poem says uh, assholes and elbows. And I'm like, what the fuck does assholes and elbows even mean? Assholes and elbows. <laughs> assholes and elbows, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Um, and then when Ripley is jumping, like, 
testing out the mech suit, showing them, like, obviously I can do this. She has, like, the best shoes. I was like, these are the Reeboks of the future, and I want them. They're so good. Um, NCIS didn't prepare me for Hudson's lip because I was like, <laughs> they're just so disrespectful at all times. And I'm <sighs> like, the view of Marines that I had from NCIS, NCIS, which was clearly very realistic and not at all, like, so, patriotic yes. propaganda. Yeah. Um, and then this actually ties into one of the tropes later. I don't remember which one, but they're saying like this Marine group won't seem to be like the stereotypical Marines that we see in a lot of media because mm-hmm. they were modeled after Vietnam era oh, folks that okay. were more like conscripted. Right. And they were uh, like high, like high technology, but were at the disadvantage because the enemy or the person they were fighting had home field advantage where it's like these people with like impressive weapons come in but they are useless in like the terrain that they're not familiar with that makes sense yeah so it was less of like the prestige of the marines and more of like conscripted folks that are outmanned in that way yeah anyway um burke just wearing his flannel and vest made me so mad because I was like, everyone else is like doing things, and you're just kind of like poking along behind them. I know. Get the fuck out. Um, it's just too dumb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I realized, and I had to actually take it back like ten minutes because I had been getting Hudson and Hicks mixed up for a long time. Oh no. Um, and I, because I was like, wow, Hudson like sucks, but he has some really good moments where he's like actually really calm and understanding. Wow. Wow, He's the worst. They're two different people. One of them sucks. One of them's great. (laughs) One of them's annoying as shit. (laughs) Yeah. So I had to take it back now, y'all, to, you know, watch that and understand it better. Absolutely Um, incredible. Because I thought they were the same man. (laughs) Listen, they look similar. Yeah. Thank you. Even if you're just, um, you know. Yeah coddling me uh <laughs> hicks gives ribley ribley hicks gives ripley an engagement locator and it was a very tender moment and i love that <laughs> it for was them cute. yeah um ripley with a head on her shoulders forever triggering the fire alarm with the lighter oh just like always thinking and i fucking love it it's incredible then i have lines where burke is gaslighting her and i'm just like go fuck yourself um and then i I was trying to figure out what hand-to-hand combat would be called if it was, like, hand-to-tentacle, hand-to-proboscis, hand-to... I was like, what is it? And then I gave up. I feel like it... They have arms, right? Yeah. But I feel like they do most of their... I don't know. Oh, with their their inside mouth. With their inside mouth. Use your inside mouth. Use your inside mouth, please. Hand-to-little mouth combat. (laughs) (laughs) You just, like, put my little mouth out there. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm going to be bold and put my little mouth out there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stepping out of my comfort mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I had such a little mouth moment. (laughs) Oh, God. um, Okay, so the countdown voice that was like, you have 15 minutes. Did she not sound like tired of your shit front desk admin assistant where it was basically like you now have two minutes to get out like she was just so tired of your bullshit and not like it felt so passive aggressive but also aggressive yeah she's like i don't know how many times i have to fucking say this (laughs) yeah like you're still fucking here i told you 15 minutes ago that you had 17 minutes like what are you doing that's me giving a countdown for class when i'm like okay 15 minutes left and they go how long do we have and i'm like 
<laughs> just play that yeah, from Aliens. From you have two minutes have left to clear the zone. <laughs> um, I struggled with the queen and like what to call all of her anatomy. Yeah, I can't. I had first a pendulous tube, reproductive <laughs> flesh tube, flesh throne. Oh god! And I then I think I stuck with flesh tube. I think I yeah I call yeah. I was calling it the undercarriage. <laughs> I was like, oh, her undercarriage. Incredible. And I was calling. And that is befitting of a queen, the undercarriage. Oh, I kept yeah. calling her the brood mother. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I know, and I was like, ah, the brood mother. And Elmer's like, stop saying that. No, I certainly like, will no, not. That's what she is. Absolutely. Um, <sighs> my next note is about elevators. Good and. I don't know where the hiccups came from, sorry. No, it's okay. So I love how shitty the elevator is, even in the future, like yeah. lowest bitter type shit. And our space future is just as destroyed by capitalism as our Earth's present. And I think that's <laughs> wonderful. Uh, and I love the head tilt that the broodmother gives the empty elevator car, just, like the, hmm? Huh? Uh, Marie had issues with that part. We were like watching it and Ripley goes up in the elevator and it opens, whatever. And Elmery goes, I swear to God, if that alien just climbs on the elevator and knows to push a button and gets all the way to the top and the door's open. And I'm like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Door's open. There she is. And she goes, what? She just choose a number? What? And she just like went off and she was so mad. And I was like, girl, suspend your display. Yeah. I also had a moment where I was like, there's no way that the alien knows how to use an elevator. And then I was like, well, why not? Yeah. Why Be why part not? of the like, magic. Just, just let yeah. it go. She chose the floor, okay? <laughs> and then when she gets off, I said, see, even queens take elevators. So. She's just like queens us. Queens are that. Queens are just like us. Broodmothers, they're just like us. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. <sighs> um, and then this is when Bishop gets cut in half. Um. And I also had a beautiful typo, or maybe my brain was just failing me at that moment, and I meant to type this, who's to say? But it was, he needs reassurance. She reassurances him. (laughs) (laughs) Not reassures. She reassurances him. Reassurances him. (laughs) And then he gets milk all over her because the queen gave him a new hole and ripped him in half. Um, And she was nestled up nice in the landing gear, or the undercarriage. She left her undercarriage nestled up in a different undercarriage. It's a new undercarriage. Yeah. Uh, Ripley and her mech suit that she learned how to operate by working a blue-collar job. Yeah. Incredible. Um, she opens the airlock and has elbow pits of steel. Oh, my God. Like, holding Just, on to your elbow pit ugh. is fucking hard. It's I did hard. That. Yeah. I was doing a top bar move in hoop and my instructor was teaching it to me and she had like she was holding my back up and I was just like and like leaned all the way back holding myself up with my elbow pit and I'm just like no it hurts too yeah it's painful as shit yeah um and then Bishop's torso saves Newt because you have to separate his torso and his lower head yeah. certainly the legs had no part in it no certainly not just the torso um, those are the bulk of my notes they're beautiful Thanks. I had moments where I was like, we could talk about like uh, sentience and personhood. <laughs> Smoke wigglies. <laughs> what is it? But I want to say broodmother a million times. Instead. <laughs> uh, so those are my notes. Those are beautiful. Those are really Scariest, good. Scariest yeah, moment. Mm, yeah, I think I know mine. 
I think okay, I got same. it. Okay. You I almost said go. three, two, one as if it was some sort of like, <laughs> <laughs> oh. we just both talk at the same time. <sighs> okay. Best podcast. Mine was when they like have the number is like descending. Rece- what What a fuck? Dis- what a word am I trying to say? The number's going down on the reader. <laughs> oh, yeah. Basically, the aliens Decreasing. are getting closer. Decreasing. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. it's doing their thing. Um, So, the number's going down, and they're like, where the fuck are these aliens? And then they, like, check up in the vent, and they're all just crawling on the ceiling. Oh, I was, I was like, no. No, thank you. That was my... I had the same scariest moment. Really? Oh, yeah. I just don't like seeing all of them. Like, blah, blah, blah. they scuttle good. Mm-mm, and I mm-mm. don't. They scuttle good. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, no. <laughs> it's such a little hidden moment. <laughs> <sighs> but they scuttle too good. and Too good. Too good to scuttle. <laughs> too, too good to scuttle. <laughs> My mic just got really close to me. And I was like. <laughs> but. There you go, stay there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so that's my scariest moment. Yeah, no, I had the same one where it. it's like you see the shapes on the sensor mm-hmm. coming closer, and it's like they're they're like, well, it must be wrong, it must be glitching. It's like, no, look up, look up, look up or down because no, like I was they like, really look anywhere, guys. Yeah, besides in it's front like, of you. If you don't look, look to your right, look to your left. Now look up. Like if they're Please. not to your right or left. Ugh. Oh my god. Yeah. Same yeah, scariest moment then. the shit out of me. Are you ready for tropes? I'm ready. I, you told me how many pages there are. And oh I'm my like, god. Godspeed to you. So what I've been doing recently, instead of like scrolling through and just like retyping yeah. things, is I just copy all of the tropes over to a document and then I go through and I get rid of the ones that I don't oh, want to okay. talk about. Um, well, when I put it into my Word document, it was 30 pages long. And I have pared it down significantly. Whew. And even of this list, I might not talk about most of them um because i literally was like maybe i just stop in the eyes because it's alphabetized and i was like maybe i just do a through i of tropes <laughs> and you Ooh. imagine the rest god i'm sure there's a ton oh so so many um so first one actionized sequel so like yep. alien was like horror thriller suspense mm-hmm. um and it was like well we already did that so let's take it in another direction and like make it more about the yeah. action and apparently the tagline was, this time it's war. Oh. Uh, I think I just said tagline. Well. Uh. <laughs> Nobody would have known. You could have kept that little lime a secret. I could have. It could have been my secret lime, but I had secret. to reveal it. Little citrus <laughs> secret. secret. <laughs> a citrus a secret. Citrus secret. Oh. <laughs> Sour. But the tagline yeah. uh, was, this time it's war. And I think that that's fun to have on like alien in space no one can hear you scream uh-huh. whatever and then aliens it's very much like there was one alien now there are many aliens and also it's time for war and now and i thought that was like fucking around yeah i love that i do too um action mom ripley becomes surrogate mother to yeah. newt and is obviously actiony she's an action mom um, admiring the abomination so bishop kind of does this oh, yeah and it's ultimately a red herring because he or in this film mm-hmm. i don't know what happens in the next one uh but it's like you think that he's going to be the one saying like we need to save this we need to like bring this yeah. like specimen back but it's not him he actually won't anyway yeah. so 
he admires it because he's like trying to study it and he's fascinated, but mm-hmm. at the same time, he is not willing to put everyone at risk right. to study that. Uh, air vent passageway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A <Love> lot. <laughs> um, alarm SOS. So that's you like setting off the alarm in order to get help. Mm-hmm. And that's when um, she and Newt are in med bay. And uh, Burke has tried to get her impregnated with the facehuggers. Oh, right. And he, like, turned off the screen when she was, like, waving in front of it. And so she takes her lighter and sets off the fire alarm. She's so smart. Absolutely brilliant. I love her. Uh, Ammunition conservation. So they have, like, a note about how much they have in terms of ammunition. And they're like, okay, short controlled bursts. Like, we don't have much. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I must scream. So this is the I must scream, but I have no mouth thing. Mm. And it's the colonists that are like wall woman. Yeah. And they are alive in the worst Ugh. way. And they yeah. can't do anything about it. Awful. We get a classic ankle drag. Yep. Near the end. Uh, armor is useless, but it's averted. Um, see, it's me. So it's like the... Armor actually saves Hicks's life very clearly when, like, he shoots the alien, gets a splash of acid blood, and he right. has to rip the armor off because the acid is, like, mm-hmm. biting through it. He would have just lost his chest cavity right. had he not been wearing the armor. Um, but for the rest of the film, like, it's kind of played straight because yeah. they're wearing armor, but, you know, acid on the face. Yeah. They get baked alive with a flamethrower, all that. Um, awesome personnel carrier. Um, so APC is supposed to stand for armored personnel carrier, but they're like, make it awesome though. And so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, badass and child duo, Ripley and Newt. Amazing. Yep. We have badass boast. That's Hudson Vasquez. Right. You know, keep going. Um, a bait and switch. So Bishop seeming the one. Right. Bishop seems to be the most suspicious or, like, one that we would be suspicious of. Mm-hmm. Burke seemed sympathetic to Ripley in the beginning, and then you start to see that turn. Shithead. Fucking asshole. Um, better to die than be killed. So that's their, like, oh. do not let me get a chestburster. Right. Uh, BFG, big fucking guns, I think, is what that stands big for. fucking guns. And there's just a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and then we continue with the big expletive noun. Um, big damn heroes. Mm -hmm. And it's the moment when, like, Ripley drives the armored car, the APC, through the Xenomorph. And then when the ship rises behind, um, Ripley and Newt at the end. Oh, that was so good. Near the end, yeah. Bigger on the inside. So the armored personnel carrier is definitely bigger on the inside. (laughs) I was like, okay. It looked like those horrible, uh, what are those cars called? Oh, that came out like recently. Oh, cyber yeah. trucks and everyone—they look so fucking stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's like you stand next to it and you're taller, yeah. but inside you can stand up straight. Absolutely like incredible. what the fuck? I was like, sure, why not? Yeah, um, blood from the mouth, but in this case, it's milk. <laughs> milk from the mouth. Because it is the synthetic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, milk from the mouth. Uh, gosh, hiccups for days. I know you're really going through it. I really am. Body horror. I don't mm-hmm. think we need to <laughs> go totally into that. Uh, bookends. So starts and ends with the uh, artificial sleep in the cryopods. Yeah. But in different circumstances. Well, actually similar circumstances. Similar. But, but better, yeah. hopefully. 
Yeah. This one was fun. It's called Bothering by the Book. And direct quote, someone drives an obstructive bureaucrat or an entire bureaucracy crazy by simply being an obstructive bureaucrat and following the rules to the L-E-T-T-E-R, making things increasingly inconvenient for the bureaucracy. <laughs> and this is when Burke is like, I certainly, I just can't authorize that type of destruction. And she's like, well, good thing you're not actually in charge. And Hicks is That's because perfect. this is a military operation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so um Break the badass. So Hudson has like all those badass oh, boasts. And then he is just like Game a wreck over, the rest of the time. <laughs> Game over. I love him. Um, we already talked about this brown face. Yeah. This racist shit. So bad. Uh catapult nightmare. So when she like wakes up from a nightmare and sits like oh, bolt upright. Yep. Cat scare, but this time not an actual cat. It was a child instead of a cat. Uh, she scurries good she scuttles good she, she scuttles good uh, the calver- cavalry mm-hmm. which is subverted because the marines are you know supposed to be the cavalry like They're coming like, in and saving everyone <laughs> it doesn't go well no um, we have some Chekhov's gun and Chekhov's skill mm-hmm. we have a chest burster Love several it. of them <laughs> cigar chomper um, climatic elevator ride <laughs> uh, cluster F-bomb and this is from TV Tropes. Nobody, nobody drops these like Hudson. Removing the F-bombs from his lines would leave him literally speechless at several points. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love it. Uh, continuity nod. These are not things that I noticed, but um, people on TV Tropes said it existed, so I'm repeating it. So, quote, as the salvage team is cutting into the Narcissus at the beginning of the movie, the harpoon gun that Ripley shot the Xenomorph drone from the first film with can still be seen jammed right up against the bottom of the hatch. Hmm. And then a subtle one, since it's a blink and you miss it in the first film, there was also cornbread for breakfast on the Nostromo. So it said that those were like continuity nods. I haven't, I didn't clock that. Yeah, they do say that cornbread's bad. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, creator cameo. Apparently, James Cameron is the voice that speaks when the salvage crew finds Ripley at the start of the film. All right. I'll take their word for it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, skipping some cyberpunk with a chance of rain. So, uh, LV426 is, like, really rainy constantly. Oh, and yeah. it's kind of, like, this trend in a lot of, like, cyberpunk futuristic stuff to uh-huh. be, like, well, there's, you know, uh, pollution in the air and it rains constantly and also, like, you know... <sighs> uh darkest hour so i was while i was watching i was like is this technically a despair event horizon and according to this it like it it's on the brink of a despair event horizon yeah um so like ripley and newt think that bishop has abandoned them Mm -hmm. and this is like their darkest hour because it's like they this was their last ditch yeah like chance and so they are on the brink of a despair event horizon um but they Bishop arrives, so it's cool. It's okay. good. It's fine. Um, defiant to the end. Uh, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you too. Exit <laughs> Hudson. <laughs> uh, Deus ex nukina. So it's like the only way to get rid of them is to nuke them. <laughs> uh, let's see. Do not go gentle. So the poem, do not go gentle into that good night. Mm-hmm. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Uh, Hudson, Gorman, and Vasquez fight until the end. Yeah. And like explode themselves to kill the aliens as well yeah we had a dwindling party an elevator escape empathy dull shot (laughs) so that's like showing that something bad has happened to a child when you just see the doll but not the child yeah 
yeah. Uh, Enemy Rising Behind. Love that. Um, let's see. Excessive Steam Syndrome. <laughs> Classic expository hairstyle change. Yep. So Ripley's hair gets shorter when, like, from early on uh, when she's in the hospital mm-hmm. to when, like, they cut back sometime later. Right. Um, foreshadowing for science. Um, so, like, <laughs> the interest in the face huggers to studying mm-hmm. them. Um, let's see. Going critical. Gory discretion shot. Mm-hmm. Um, half the man he used to be. It's <laughs> ambitious. <laughs> kind of half. Bishop. Yeah. Hate sink. So, apparently, the actor that played Carter Burke said that his parents went to see the movie and hated the character so much that they were glad he died. <laughs> And he was like that. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Heroic sacrifice. (sighs) Humans are the real monsters. Uh, I gave my word, which is played straight and subverted. So Mm -hmm. played straight when Ripley is like, I will not leave you. And she doesn't. She's like, okay, nuclear, like, Mm -hmm. reaction explode. I'm still going back for that child. Whereas Burke was like, I promise you'll be safe. Like, you have my word. We're not going to, like, exploit this for money. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Literally does exactly that. Yup. Uh, ignored expert. They're not taking Ripley seriously because they're like, uh, she's just, you know, someone that worked on a freight ship that had a bad time and might have killed her whole crew, whatever. Uh, impaled with extreme prejudice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, implied love interest. So there oh, are yeah. a lot of like little moments with just Ripley and one. Hicks. Yeah, just nice little ones. Uh, the only outright ship tease moments are him saying this doesn't mean we're engaged when he gives her the tracking device. That was a direct quote TV tropes. Uh, let's see. Insult backfire. Vasquez, you ever been mistaken for a man? No, have you? That's what she says back to the, a man. Um, so it's the only way to be sure. They said this film was the trope namer. Mm-hmm. So that's when Ripley basically says, like, we should take off and nuke this entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Yeah. So according to TV Trumps, this is the trope namer for that. Yeah. We had jump scare, late to the tragedy, Uh, lock and load montage. So they're getting all their guns locked and loaded. Uh, Mercy kill arrangement. So Ripley and Hicks being like, don't let this happen. And they were like, yeah, no. Um, Let's see. No kill like overkill. Uh. Hudson really just like does a spray and pray situation. Yeah. Um, no OSHA compliance. No, none. No. At one point, someone like they went through and pointed out like there's no guardrail in this scene, mm-hmm. like in this. And I was like, okay, that might not be the biggest situation here, <laughs> but yeah. Um, we got some good one liners. This is where I pulled the thing. So it's, ooh, me accent slipping. And it says, Carrie Hen was living in the UK at the time of filming. One of her parents was British, the other American, and apparently picked up some of the accent. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, near the end when the protagonists are escaping through the air duct, she suddenly slips into an English accent on this line. Up there, there's a shortcut across the roof. And of course, her peculiar, peculiar, now legendary pronunciation of mostly. I don't remember how she said mostly. It's so British. I just was like... I thought that she was supposed to just be a British child because, like, every time I heard her talk, she would be like, it's shortcut. I mean, like, <laughs> it's not that bad, but, like, no, it's a British child. Yeah, that's, yeah. I was <sighs> like, she's not Australian. I know no. that much, but she's not American. <laughs> Certainly not. Mm-mm. Uh, we also have a parental substitute, so that's mm-hmm. Ripley. Practical effects. Mm. 
Um, quizzical tilt. That's when the brood mother tilts huh? her head. <laughs> Thanks, brood mother. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, brood mother. Uh, race against the clock. So mm-hmm. the countdown for explosion. Recycled title. Uh, alien and then aliens. And it makes Love total it. sense because one xenomorph, many xenomorphs. <laughs> um, let's see. Salvage pirates. But this one is... is played with because it's like they were going to salvage uh-huh. Ripley's ship but they're like ah shit there's a survivor and a cat like we can't do that whoops yeah space marine so the first film was space truckers and now it's space, space marines truckers. <laughs> space truckers uh the, the suit with vested interests so that's uh burke mm-hmm. being like i have like a monetary interest in this right uh taking you with me so that's the like we're going out with a bang. <laughs> um, let's see. Understatement. So Burke is trying to be like, okay, like maybe I should have warned the colonists. I made a choice. It was a bad call. And she's like, bad call. It's These people so are dead. Bad. He's like, my bad. <laughs> my bad. It was a little whoopsie doodle. Like, oh, Who doesn't okay, have one? We haven't made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, you know too much. So it's like, Burke was going to set up Ripley to be yeah. infected by the facehugger so that he could um like actually get right. the thing through quarantine, but also because she indeed knew too much. Um and then your approval fills me with shame. And it's inverted because he's like, I expected better of you, and she's like, I'm happy to disappoint you. Oh, good for her. Yeah. So those are some of the many, many, the many tropes. Paste. <laughs> yeah lots of tropes that's crazy yeah so <sighs> how how are we gonna rate this movie <laughs> i have only one suggestion okay little Brood mouth mother? moments <laughs> little mouth moments <laughs> a little mouth moment just a little mouth moment i like that i like that's that a, a lot one. okay <laughs> okay i know mine one. i know mine yeah one two Yes! yes! <laughs> we have the same number of little mouth moments. Oh, there were so many little mouths. That's so many little mouths. Perfect 10 little mouths. Yeah, we both gave it five <laughs> little mouth moments. Yeah. Um, I'm typing this so I don't forget oh, later. Perfect. When I'm like doing the thing, I'm like, what did we use did for we the say? scale again? <laughs> um, with the exception of the brown face, yeah. which is just racist and not okay. Yeah. Um, I adore this film. I do. Like... I mentioned earlier, like, I'm not usually, like, I'm just very cautious mm-hmm. with sequels. I think this is an incredible sequel. Yeah. Maybe perfect. It's- I don't know if I, I, it helps me understand how I want to evaluate other sequels. Like, yeah. it's kind of like the standard bearer in that way for me right now. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've already talked a lot about the other things that I love yeah. about it, but that's why I gave it five little mouth moments. Yeah um same besides the mm-hmm. whole horrible brown face thing which i yeah. didn't even know until i looked up didn't the cast know. and then i was like yeah. ew um not great but yeah <laughs> I, I gave it five because yeah i i judged like other sequels from this one i knew this was going to be a good movie because like all yeah. i've ever heard are good things about this movie yeah so i was like it's beloved and it's a sequel it must be good mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I feel like I use the, um, from now on, I'm going to use this movie like we use The Descent for yeah. other sequels. So I'm like, well, is it an alien situation? Uh-huh. You know, just like the lighting. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I just gave it a five. It was so fun to watch. It's long, but it doesn't feel long, which yeah. 
for a movie that's over two hours, I feel like is a big thing. And that's a high compliment from me where it's like it's over two hours and it doesn't feel like it. Oh, my God. Because I as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my God. And I was still excited for the movie. And I still was like, oh, it's really long. Yeah. Elmer and I watched it together and we were both like glued to the screen, loving it. And she's already seen it. And we both were having a blast. So, yes. Yeah. Perfect five. So that's a perfect 10 little mouth moments. Perfect 10. Amazing. Well, I think that wraps up our discussion. I think so. Yeah. So if you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find us. And we just really love reading what you have to say. I love reading it. Someone was like, oh, this keeps me company at work. And I was like, I am so happy to make labor easier for people. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Just Go With It, and we'll post the movie for the week um, out, not outtakes, not on Instagram. My brain <laughs> stopped. No context quotes slash out of context quotes is what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then you can check out our extended show notes on our website, justgoolwithitpod.com. Or maybe even take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash justgoolwithit. Yeah. That's where we watch Prometheus yeah, for I our Simul Watch. And tomorrow's our Simul Watch. Um, yeah. It'll be out. Well, I guess it'll come out the same time as the episode, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe we'll watch Gremlins too. We don't Maybe. know. There's no way to know. <laughs> In the meantime, we would like to take this opportunity to thank our patrons. Yeah. Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, Brian, Jess, Ada, Dalton, Andrew, and Olivia. Woohoo! Woo, they're the best. And this was a patron pick. Um, yes. Yeah. They, they, this whole month has been kind of patron picks, which is why I forgot mm-hmm. to say anything, but it's like second yeah. chances of yeah. like... It didn't get picked before, which I'm surprised. Um, but yeah. but yeah, they picked it this time by like everyone. I think everyone picked it. Yeah, I'm trying to think what this one lost to because it was like a sequels month where it we put have, this one up. You don't think it was Halloween too, do you? Oh. It was it I was can something. go back and look. We had yeah. to look. But point is, second chances, and I'm really glad that we got to watch it. Yes, so perfect. glad. Ugh. Thank you, yeah. patrons. The intro and outro music was created by Anthony Rockazella, and the cover art is by our very own Nikki Solomon. I was going to say, what if an alien just burst through my chest, but I'm almost positive that's what I said when we watched Alien. Yeah. So what if something just burst out of my chest, Kate? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you if you think the cover art scuttles good, but... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I know I do. (laughs) I definitely scuttle good. (laughs) I don't scuttle good. Oh, we'll learn. (laughs) We can teach you to scuttle good. Okay. Little citrus secret.